Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey-West. And today we have a guest star. Hi, I'm Sean Ganey. <laughs> we do. Sean is joining us for this episode to talk about The Matrix Resurrections. So, Sean, I know this is one of your... The ma- the original Matrix is one of your favorite movies, so I know you were excited to, for this for the sequel to finally come out. Yeah, I love the original Matrix. Uh, I've seen it many times, and I could probably recite just about every line from it. Uh, I like the sequels all right. They're not... They're not as good as the first one, but they were, you know, I think people hate on them a little too much. So I was excited to see this new one come out and see how see how they could do with a with a reboot or a resurrection, I guess you should say. Oh, <laughs> also, we it should be said that Sean and I actually get to record together, which is nice because last year we couldn't be together on our birthday or anything. And we are sharing um, headphones. So it's like truly being roommates again. You're connected, connected at the core. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes. Thank you, Jared. Jared understands me. Sean's rolling his eyes. <laughs> oh, before we get though into our review of the Matrix Resurrections, which came out, the first Matrix came out in 1999. This is the third sequel to the original Matrix. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into our discussion about that coming up in just a few. But we have some news items first, and a lot of big celebrity deaths this past week, which is unfortunate. Uh, John Mark Valet passed away. He died of a heart attack at age 58. Uh, he directed a, a bunch of stuff, including The Young Victoria, Dallas Buyers Club, which has Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto in it. He also directed Wild um, and then did two HBO shows, Big Little Lies and Sharp Objects, which both of those are pretty popular yep. and based on books, obviously. But he did pass away. Um, earlier this week at the age of, of 58. So very sad there, obviously an acclaimed director and still had kind of a, probably a lot of his career left, honestly. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think there was anything uh, untoward about how it happened. It sounds like it was a, like just a natural heart attack, but I could be wrong because okay. sometimes those are brought on by something worse. But anyway, super sad. And then I, I won't cry, but our beloved Betty White died yesterday. Um, New Year's Eve, she was 99. She was just 18 days away from her 100th birthday. Um, just to give a couple tidbits about her, she was born in Oak Park, Illinois. She was one of the first ever female television producers and won eight Emmys in total. She was an avid game player, like board games. And her third husband, Alan Ludden, he was the love of her life. He hosted Password, which they do... Um, do an ode to password on SNL. That was like a long running sketch. Um, but he he was the host of the original show. She was a huge animal rights activist and animal lover, and she had a prolific career spanning over eight decades. I know at one time she might still hold this, but she had the Guinness Book World Record for the longest female uh, entertainer. Um, so rest in peace, Betty. We love you so much. There were a lot of tears shed yesterday. I don't even know how many celebrities and just uh, non-celebrities I saw post things for her, but she was one of my favorite people ever. And it seems like she had a wonderful and positive impact on the world. She really did. She was in a, a ton of very funny things and always had, like you said, kind of just a great personality. It was always just happy to kind of be wherever she was or whatever, you know, sometimes she would have bigger roles in movies kind of later in her mm-hmm. career. She, she did more like cameos or like you said, like she would go on SNL or stuff like that. So, but she always had a lot of fun doing whatever she was doing. Do you know so. it was freaky too? Uh, for our birthday, Sean and Amanda gave me a birthday card and it had Betty White on it. This, this was four days ago. Um, oh, and it said stay golden. 
<laughs> so sad. So I put that on my Instagram. <laughs> but it's okay. She had a good life. I don't think she was yes, cheated out yep. of anything. And also, she got to die like naturally, just kind of like peacefully. Yeah. And died. she lived till 99. 99. Almost 100, which is a, a long time. Everyone so. loved her. I, I read too last night that Reuters did a poll in 2011, and they, uh, for the most trusting, like beloved uh, celebrity at the time, and she beat Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington, and there was somebody else. And she beat them all. Wow. Yeah. So, well, rest in peace, Betty Love White. You, Betty. Obviously, very, very funny. And like Katie said, did a lot of stuff to kind of advance, you know, comedy, especially for women. Uh, because when she started, there wasn't a ton of women doing comedy. So she was able to, you know, kind of pave the way for a lot of people that came after her. So great yeah so she will be she will be missed for sure so uh corrections corner on our last episode we talked about west side story we couldn't remember if there were guns in the original west side My story bad. or not we had like a <laughs> five minute debate on it um and there are so yes i'm sorry i'm I sure that if was you listen to that you're like you yelled at your podcast app yeah. and we're like yes there's one of these people talking about there's clearly guns in the first west side story but and when we finished recording that episode i sang songs to jared for about five minutes from west side story yeah luckily there's no songs in the matrix as well i mean there's music but like nothing you can sing to us today so (laughs) just probably for the better so uh now we'll move on to our recommendations um have either of you i only have one thing have either of you watched encanto on disney plus yet Mm -hmm. the new animated movie. movie Yeah, it's pretty solid. I watched it the other night. It's not one of the best, like, Disney. I think it's... I don't know if it's Pixar or if it's just Disney animation. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But um, it's not one of my, like, all-time favorite Disney animated movies. But it was fine, and it was pretty solid. And if you're, like, looking for something to watch, then it's not too long. It's, like, an hour and a half. So that's always nice. Mm -hmm. So... But that's we didn't do an episode on it. We talked about that when it came out about a month ago, and now it's on Disney Plus. It just came to Disney Plus on Christmas Eve. So, but it's a pretty solid animated movie. It'll probably get nominated for best animated feature at the Oscars. But if you haven't watched it yet, I would suggest checking it out and just and just giving it a watch because it's it's short and it was pretty good. The animation was really good. It had some good songs in there. So that's that's my recommend. Well, that's awesome. I did want to see that. So that's a good endorsement for it. And it's easy since it's on, like, you can stream it. I yeah, yep. I just wanted to say I read 100 books. I can't believe I did it. Um, I was very strategic at the end about my goal. I did read some shorter things, but I didn't I didn't phone it in. Like, I didn't just read, like, a children's picture book and call it a day. Um, <laughs> but I did read 100, so I was really happy about that. I have a more realistic goal this year of 75. And then the last two books, I just wanted to plug, the last two books I read were excellent. I read The Heart Principle by Helen Huang. She's written a couple other books, The um, Bride Test and The Kiss Quotient, and then Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby. It was a book of the month, book of the year finalist, and I can see why it was excellent. It is graphic. There's also a lot of racial epithets because that's what it's about, Um, but it was like a thriller about um, a lot of it had to do with the LGBTQ community and the black community, but it was so good. So highly recommend that. Sean, did you have any recommendations? Uh, Amanda and I recently started watching Schitt's Creek. I know that's been around for a while and it's really popular. So this isn't, Love. This isn't news to anyone, but it is really <laughs> great and we're really enjoying it so far. We're only a few episodes in, but it's it's really kept us laughing a lot. Didn't you also say that when you started watching it, that it reminded you were like, oh, this dynamic with Alexis and David. Yeah, some of their interactions <laughs> remind a, remind me a little bit of you and me. I can see us in them. Oh, David. We're we're privileged like that, I guess. Oh, 
like to think we're a little more grounded in reality than they are. Maybe, but I love them. Well, I yeah, love probably. them both. Either way, it's it's a hilarious show, and we're we're really enjoying it. Well, you'll see some of them the antics that Moira gets up to too, and they remind me of myself sometimes. Moira can be a little crazy, but hilarious. Wow, what? she sure can be. So, and you'll see as the uh, as you watch more Sean, their personalities will kind of change throughout the seasons mm-hmm. too. Okay. So, characters you may not like this season, you may come around to like in later seasons or something like that. So, because yeah. they definitely change a lot throughout the show. Yeah, but. Yeah, that's a solid show. So very good. So, and I could definitely see some David and Alexis between the two of you for sure. So, <laughs> Thank you. I, think, I guess I think that's a compliment. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, they're both a little uh, out of touch with reality, which is kind of the whole point of the show yeah. in the first place. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So that's all of our recommendations for today. So now we'll get into our review of The Matrix Resurrections, released on December twenty second. 2021 again the first one came out in 1999 most of the original cast is back for this sequel released in theaters and also streaming on hbo max so if you have hbo max you can watch it there did you watch it uh in the theater or did you stream it streamed it yeah we both streamed it okay okay that's a little surprising to me for you sean since you love yeah the so much yeah so. and i'd still like to see it in the theater i might mm-hmm. still go and do that it's definitely you know any matrix kind of movie is the kind of thing that's going to be good on the big screen so yeah yep i streamed it as well so we all we all streamed it i was more max i was more freaked out like i'm vaccinated but seeing all the cases and stuff i thought you know what this isn't a movie i've been waiting for for 18 years or whatever so i'll just stream it it's fine but i'm sure it would have been really good in the theaters too Yes. So rated R for violence in some language. It's two hours and 28 minutes. We'll talk about that a little bit more in likes and dislikes. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know, length of movies is one thing that we debate frequently. Uh, IMDb is uh, a 5.8 out of 10. So not super highly rated over there. Decent, but not not great. And then Rotten Tomatoes critics, 65 percent audience, 63 percent. But what I'm kind of seeing, too, with a lot of these critics and audience reviews is that either people really love the movie or they really don't like the movie at all. And that's kind of how it's gotten that like middle ground score is that there's a lot, there's some critics that say it's great. There's other critics that say that they hated it. And that kind of just averages out the score at like a 65. So I think we have on this particular episode, we have probably parties in maybe both camps Mm -hmm. with how much we enjoyed the movie so that'll be interesting discussion coming up and box office wise it's made 27 million dollars domestically 71 million dollars worldwide it cost i saw the budget was 190 million dollars dad said it it would have to make like 400 million to make its money back so it's bad and only because i was thinking of this since we just reviewed west side story it was a huge box office bomb so I I am not surprised to see these numbers. I think this has a lot to do with if something's going to be available via streaming, which I think it should currently because of the pandemic. I mean, those numbers don't surprise it also, me. It also came out at Christmas, and yeah. it came out the same day as Spider-Man, which was kind of, I mean... That was bad. It didn't really set itself up for amazing success. Mm-hmm. Um, just with its release date, it was kind of... I mean, Christmas is already a crowded time anyway. And if you don't have a movie that's going to be like a... Like, obviously, Spider-Man is the Christmas movie this year. Like, mm-hmm. if people go out to the theaters, that's kind of the one that they're seeing. So it kind of had... It had difficulty there in the Christmas, like, window. It almost might have been better to come out, like, earlier in the fall. Or maybe just after the new year, possibly. Right. So, 
but obviously they were hoping a lot of people would go see it at Christmas, and unfortunately that didn't happen. So the synopsis for this movie returned to a world of two realities, one everyday life, the other what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. That is an interesting synopsis. I feel like you have to know what the movie's (laughs) about to understand that synopsis. Yeah, if you've never seen the original Matrix, you're like, what is this? So, which is kind of the point. I mean, it's a sequel. So, they expect that you watch the first one before you just kind of jump into this one. Yeah. So... Um, some critics reviews for this movie. First up, we have Manala Dargis of the New York Times, who says Resurrection gets a great deal of mileage from its and our nostalgic yearning, appreciatively stoked by Reeves and Moss's reunion. I will say, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, the critics sco- rev- like their comments are all over the place. I tried yeah, to find yep. some positive and some negative, but they were like it, it seemed to me like everything was lukewarm. Yeah, so it was either like, and there was a few that I saw that like I said really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And there's a few that I, that really disliked it, but yeah, most of them are just kind of like in kind of in the middle. Yeah. So, Richard Roper next of the Chicago Sun Times says, ultimately, this feels more like a warmed-over tribute to the past than a bold and fresh new chapter. And that's understandable, I guess, which if that's what they were going for, then that's perfectly fine. Like, I don't know if I totally agree with his review in terms of like maybe that it they were trying to touch on that nostalgia factor and that's what people enjoyed. So I think he's coming at it from kind of like he wanted something completely new and different and they kind of went back to the original and, and touched on some things from that, mm-hmm. which I was fine with. So I don't I don't know if that's really like a valid criticism in terms of like wanting to do something completely different with the third third sequel for a franchise <laughs> and then next up we have Anne Horningday of the Washington Post who says Wachowski seems to be at war with her audience rewarding them with the deep cut callbacks one moment only to roll her eyes at the entire franchise the next this is more of a more of a negative review mm-hmm. and I, I thought that these these critical reviews that uh, you chose were Overall, pretty fair assessments. Uh, maybe not the last one quite as much, but the first one definitely pointing out the nostalgia of it. The whole first act is pretty much just reference after reference, and yeah, and every all the decorations on the shelves, all the lines that they give, anything that's in the background of the sets and the offices of the characters. It's all just constant callbacks to the first movie. But they're not uh, they're not roll your eyes kind of comma- callbacks where they're just there for the sake of calling back. They're they're used in a way that seems a little more natural, and they're 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 pretty good as far as callbacks go, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, I I do agree somewhat with the second one in that it does. There was something that just felt off about the overall tone of the movie where all the previous ones have been such high stakes. They're for saving all of humanity. And then it felt like this movie to me was a little bit just lower stakes. Like, what are what are we fighting for? It's just Neo and Trinity getting back I, together or yes, maybe not. I agree know? with you on that. I felt like it was a lot lower stakes. That was a good way to put it. Yeah. So there was a, a tribute, like a, a warmed over tribute, as they said, but not so much a bold and fresh new chapter. Like, because, you know, what's just what are we fighting for? Yeah. And, and that would have been like understandable too if it had like a smaller budget. Like if they were doing like a hundred million dollars for this one instead of a hundred and ninety million dollars. Mm-hmm. But when you spend that much money, kind of like you said, Sean, you would expect to have like pretty high stakes since the budget is so high. 
that you have enough money to like do really cool CGI or really cool action sequences or really like go all out with stuff. And so. they did do some really cool CGI and action sequences. They just felt like they were really cool CGI and action sequence for one little localized fight, not for a, a fight that is going to have a consequence for all of humanity, you know? Yeah. So this is directed by Juana Wachowski, who also directed uh, The Matrix, The Matrix We Reloaded, The Matrix Revolutions, Jupiter Ascending, and Cloud Atlas. Obviously, her best movie is probably the original Matrix. Mm -hmm. Um, And she always has kind of stuck in this science fiction, heady genre with just about everything that she's done. So Also, I think, didn't um, Lana and her sister did all the other ones, like all the other Matrixes, but Lana's the only one that's credited for this one. Is that right? Well, they're both credited. I was confused about this because it was just both Wachowskis previously. Mm -hmm. In my mind, it was just both of them. Yeah. But I think in all of them, they're listed, and Jared, maybe you know this better. I think one of them's listed as directing, I guess, Lana, and the other one. For this one. The other one is in the credits for this one, too. Okay. uh, For producing or writing or something. Well, then there's also Karen, and Karen Wachowski is one of their spouses. Oh, maybe that's the one that I saw. Okay, because Dad and I looked that up because it's Lana and Lily are the sisters. And then Karen is married to one of – I think Karen's Mm -hmm. married to Lana, but I could be wrong. But I did see that. You're right. They got a producing credit. I'm not sure if they were both involved in this or not. Because I think this one just said, at least on IMDb, and I think when the credits rolled, Lana's the only one credited for directing. And now that you said Karen, I think Karen might have been the one that I saw in the credits as well. Yeah. Yeah, so on the first one, and the first, second, and third Matrix movie, they were both credited as directors, writers, and executive producers. And on this one, just according to Wikipedia, which I don't know how 100% accurate that is, but according to Wikipedia, this one, just Alana is credited as the main director, writer, and producer. Okay. So I do think that's Lily didn't have as much. But I know, I like you said, Sean, there were other names in the credits for sure that were family members that were related that helped on this. So so some of this is where that, that last critic review that you mentioned, I think, has a little bit of, of merit, where it said, Wachowski seems to be at war with her audience, rewarding them with deep cut callbacks one moment, only to roll her eyes at the entire Enterprise the next. I think that's a little harsh on the rolling her eyes at the entire Enterprise. <laughs> I don't know that, that, that I got that tone from it, but I do feel like some of the uh, the money hunting uh, aspect of Hollywood and why this movie was made right. came across a little bit. Even in, I, I loved the conversation early on Me too. where Neo is talking with his boss about making a sequel to his game, which we probably should talk a little about what's going on in it. Yeah. But where he talks about, you know, we made a trilogy. I was never going to make another game. And he said they even acknowledged that their parent company was Warner Brothers of this video game company. <laughs> yes. And he said they're going to make it with or without you. And obviously, I don't know the background of it, but uh, Lawrence Fishburne was not in this movie. Maybe Lily Wachowski didn't want to be involved in it, but it was going to get made regardless. So I don't know how much of that coming through is uh, – I mean, that's how I interpreted it. So whether or not that's reality, which is always the question with this movie. Uh, But but I I do think that that uh, critical review has a little bit of credence because of that. I did talk. So I watched this with mom and dad. And dad, we both loved that scene. That scene at the beginning, we were like, that was was super clever. It was funny. Um, Mm -hmm. I also know when you mentioned Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne said he would have absolutely done this, but he wasn't asked. 
I can't believe. So that. I don't. Why I don't know not? the reason because I also wondered why uh, Hugo Weaving was not brought back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. So That's that was thing. just. But uh, to be fair, I don't know what. I don't think I ever saw the second and third movies. So if something happened to those characters, I just didn't know about it. Um, but I did go back and rewatch the first one before watching well, this. This movie is Resurrections, right? Right. And, so uh, anyone could come back. But Agent Agent Smith, Neo, and Trinity all died. Yeah. Um, Morpheus did not die. I don't think. But according, I don't know the source. Like I can't tell you the exact source, but I do know that Lawrence Fishburne, from what I read, was not asked to come back. And I don't understand that. I don't either. And Yahia yeah, is yep. great. I mean, Jared and I have talked about Yahia a lot on this podcast, but. I, and he did a good job, in my opinion, but I love Lawrence Fishburne in this role. So it was sad to not have him and back. And I did. I loved Jonathan Groff. I just love him in general. I think Me he's too! great. But he did, did a great <laughs> job as the you know, he resurrected was the Agent Smith. original king in Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's great. Okay. Yes. So also, I did discover that uh, Lily did not work on this movie because she was working on a Showtime show oh. called Work in Progress. But she did say that she gave her blessing to those involved. Okay, cool. So, okay. Yes. So yeah, that's I'd... why she wasn't. She was working on a TV show. So that's why she didn't. Yeah. She helped with this a little, but not like as full on as like somebody would that was actually directing or writing it or something. Got like it. That. So, so that's why I don't feel I I don't feel like there was any ill will on anybody about this movie. It never really came across that way in the media leading up to it or in the way it was directed. Or, or the acting that you see or the writing. So I think that whole rolling her eyes at the entire enterprise, you know, I, I kind of get that as a general, like, oh, Warner Brothers would probably make this sequel with or without us, but not as a specific, oh, I'm angry about having to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, mm-hmm. that, that call out was a little bit uh, overly harsh. Yeah. Yeah. So we will take a quick break here on the Silver Screen Podcast. We'll come back and talk about the main cast for this movie. Also some more of our likes and dislikes with the film that's coming up here on the Silver Screen Podcast. And we're back here on the show talking about the Matrix Resurrections, the new Matrix film, which you can watch in theaters and also on HBO Max. Most of the original cast is back for this one, as we said, with the notable exceptions that we mentioned a few minutes ago, Lawrence Fishburne and Hugo Weaving, not in this one. But the main person, obviously, that is back, and I don't feel like they probably should have made the sequel if he wasn't going to return well, yeah. would have, was Keanu Reeves who plays Neo. Thank you so much, Jared. Now you'll notice I did not put a crush alert and I have a definitive reason for that. I love Keanu Reeves with all my heart and soul and respect the heck out of that man. I like him with short hair. So based on looks alone in this film, I can't give him a crush alert. Sean, I don't know how you feel about it. No, I, you know, the age difference too. <laughs> like we don't know. We don't really know. That never he stops could be Katie, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, the age oh, difference never stops me. Yeah, but even if he's, we don't know. He could be 800 You years know what? Old. While we we're know. on this, though, I want to wish a belated happy birthday to little Timmy Chalamet because his birthday is the day before ours. Little and Timmy And for one day, we are closer in age. So the age gap is smaller. Oh, Sean, you should good. just know, I we bring up Timothy Chalamet almost as much as Tom Hanks on this podcast. He's good. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, he is. We haven't done a movie that he's been in in a little while. But he'll Doom be in Don't Look Up. Thing. He will be. Yeah. So that's just our next week's episode. So I'm sure we'll talk about him for yes. 15 minutes, even though he's probably in the movie for five. And so, so. are you saying something about <laughs> Keanu? I didn't want to. Did you do the King? Did you do an episode on the King with him? No. Well, I'll did throw we? them. We did. No, we yeah. did. Oh, you we did. did. Okay, okay. Sorry. Let me look when that was. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'll, so Keanu, I'll be quick about the cast. He has okay. a huge filmography, but the most notable ones, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Speed, John Wick, all of them, Constantine, 
the Matrix movies, all of them, and he voiced quite possibly the best character, Duke Kaboom, in Toy Story 4. And next up, you can see him in, I don't know why, guys, they're doing a John Wick 4 and a John Wick 5. Because why not? But why just put him in the same, whatever, moving on. Then we also have (laughs) Carrie Ann Moss. She plays Trinity. Love her. Born and raised in Vancouver, she is best known for all the Matrix movies, The Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions, Memento, Red Planet, and Netflix's TV show Jessica Jones. Next up, you can see her in Chocolate Lizards. I was confused by this title, so I went to look at it. I can't tell you much about it, except Bruce Dern is also going to be in that, so that's exciting. And then lastly, we have Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. We love him on this podcast. He plays Morpheus. We talked about him recently in episode 119. We reviewed Candyman, if you're interested in that. He is best known for Us, which we reviewed, HBO's Watchmen, The Trial of the Chicago 7, which we also reviewed, and Candyman. Next up, he's going to be in Ambulance. That's the new Michael Bay film that I am not excited about. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and Emergency Contact. And then it, we definitely have to note, um, Sean, I'm so happy to hear you like Jonathan Groff because so do I. I also love Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. They both were in this film, also starring Jada Pinkett Smith, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, and Jessica Henwick, who was on uh, Game of Thrones as well. So really good cast. Very nice. Did you uh, did you get a preview for Ambulance when you went and saw yes, Spider-Man? Yes, I've had too that many the, previews for It looked like the most ambulance. generic action movie I have ever seen in my life. For so. real. Also, Sean, I'm sorry. Thank you, Jared, for remembering we did The King. The King was all the way back. Episode 27, we reviewed The King. So. I was going to say that would be another recommendation for me because I, I loved that movie. And Ch- Timothy Chalamet I liked was it. Tim- he was great. Yeah. I love Timothy. Did you, uh, did you see The Last Duel, Sean, that came out earlier this year? With, with Matt, no, Damon. No, and Matt Damon. Matt Damon and uh Adam did you Driver. like it yeah i did and it's that i mean I it's a medieval it. set in that medieval time period too so did it's it probably part of getting, what i liked about the king was how well it captured that like a, a duel then was not a pretty thing you no know? so yeah and the last duel is all about that did it did it capture that as well yeah i think it did a pretty good job so okay. i would I'll suggest if you that. like those type of movies to check that out so mm-hmm. it's probably going to be streaming sometime it came out a couple months ago so it's probably yeah. gonna be streaming soon if it's not already so i, I want to jump in on the cast here too and yes. say i thought jessica henwick was great as bugs she was kind of the main new character so i didn't like her oh you didn't no oh, amanda and i both loved her i thought i she found her great. to be quite annoying Oh, really? I'm sorry. Also, my stomach is growling. I don't know if that's going to come across. Oh, it didn't come through It must yet, be mentioned. Otherwise, mentioned people will be like, what is that? <laughs> what else has Jessica Henwick been in? Game know? of Thrones. Okay. You so, know who? Okay. I, oh, I didn't hate I, her. I just thought her character seemed um, kind of forced. The one part I thought was weird was right at the beginning, she's talking to Morpheus, and he says, like, I'm Morpheus, because she didn't know that. And then she immediately hugs him. And I was like, you just met this man. You don't know this guy. Why are you hugging him? But she does, you know, it's... I thought it was weird. Yeah. You know she who I didn't okay. like in the cast was uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. I just did not Jada, think she was very good. I did think her hair and makeup was astounding, though. Like, uh-huh. super well done. I just didn't love her in the movie, so... Yeah, but is that do you was it her herself or acting or her character? Because I, I think, think her it was character was written to be that way a little bit. Yeah, I think it was more her acting. I just didn't really enjoy yeah. like yeah. her performance. And I know now, she's not in the movie for a fair. ton, but I just didn't didn't love it. So yeah. also speaking of the cast, I thought when we first saw Priyanka Chopra Jonas, I thought she was the Oracle, but she wasn't. Because that gets no, no. She but was... don't you think the way they filmed it when you first see her, I was like, oh my gosh, she's the Oracle. Is she like, is that what she's playing? But I was wrong. 
I did the Oracle scenes in the original Matrix are part of maybe my favorite part. Of Me the too. Matrix. It's, it's <gasps> twin vibe. Really, I mean, it's kind of the whole point of the movie is is those scenes. Also, so. I'm sorry if you like Jessica Henwick though. I'm really happy to I, tell me more because I just didn't. She I, didn't touch me in the same way, I guess. I well, this is part of the whole. All the new characters I thought were decent. They weren't as you know the kind of ancillary cast in the first Matrix. A lot they all had their own personality. They each mm-hmm. had kind of their own role, and in this one they weren't used quite as much. Which is yeah. I wish they showed up a little more. But in general, how they were used, I liked, and I would have just liked more of it. And they, some of their commentary, like there was the one guy who was the Neo fanboy, and that, that was, you know, that he was alluded funny. to that being a thing in the world now, where there are people who just know everything about Neo since it's been 60 years since right. the events of the other movies. You know, that, that kind of personality was neat, and I wish they had done more with it. I liked when he joked with the other character that they were all probably going to die since, you know, this is Neo's whole thing. Yeah. And none of them did, which is, you know, that's a kind of a neat change because you kind of expect them to the way these movies go they're the expendable characters um but i thought jessica henwick was just a good she was the one who got the focus and yeah maybe i need to watch it again too because i get so freaked out when i watch sci-fi movies i feel like i have to pay attention to every little thing and i think i was probably hyper focused on am i understanding what's happening Mm -hmm. do i get the plot right now but she, I like the way she looked and everything in the film. I think she added to it. Just her character in general didn't do much for me, I guess. So we're already kind of talking about likes and, and we haven't really talked about dislikes yet, but we'll get to those in a minute. But um, this has been kind of a point of contention for, depending on who you are, some people like that it flashes back to the original and it mm-hmm. shows points from the original and scenes from the original. Some people don't. And one criticism that I've seen is that it makes the movie longer and that stuff could have possibly been cut out to shorten the movie. So I didn't mind it very much. I actually thought the beginning, like half of the movie was more interesting than kind of the latter stages of it. In my personal opinion, I just was, I was intrigued by what they were doing early on. And then like when we got later on to those, it was just more action sequences that weren't super exciting. And, um, some other stuff that just like, it wasn't advancing the story as much. So I didn't mind that in the beginning part of the film because I thought that was kind of interesting to th- to throw that in there, and that I thought that was more the stronger. I thought the stronger part of the film was more the the first half or two thirds. I don't know what you guys totally thought. agree. I and agree my dad felt that way. yeah because I I loved the throwback stuff at the beginning. I thought the beginning was so solid in the setup, and I actually wanted to call out Keanu Reeves' character and his acting at the beginning was great. Like he seemed like a person that I could meet on the street today because I know coders. I know a lot of people that are gamers and I know like people that would develop that kind of gaming system and who are in therapy or they're trying to deal with some traumatic event in their life that he did a really good job, I think, acting. And I also loved how that was written at the beginning. And I loved all the callbacks like the hotel was exactly the same hotel in the first movie The always seeing deja vu, the black cat, um, seeing the white rabbit tattoo. There were so many things that I really liked that they did. I liked it less as the movie went on, but I'll bring that up in my dislikes. Yeah. And I, as far as the flashbacks, I guess you'd call them, I think I'd sum it up as just, I think they were well done when they were done, but there didn't need to be as much of it. Yes. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So another like that, this was actually not as much of a like for me. So I don't know if this is more your like Katie or Sean, mm-hmm. but on the notes here we have that you liked the music. That was I me. thought that okay, I thought the music in the original was really cool and I thought the music in this one wasn't as much so. But they, you, you have a different liked, opinion. 
the end they played the same song in the end as the first one and i really liked that because i thought that that was a good exit it's not music i would normally listen to but it was perfect for the ending and then they also i just noticed a lot of orchestral stuff like they used a real symphony so it wasn't as much like headbanging music or rock or current like poppy music it was like yeah yeah it was like a symphony uh, a symphonic orchestra which i really liked so i just noticed that a lot and i thought that it didn't detract from the scene which was nice. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of agree with you, Jared. I, I liked the music a lot in the first one. I thought it really fit the tone of you know this underground hacker and going to the the underground clubs they go to and that kind of thing. And this one didn't have it. It didn't go quite as hard, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, there is some, you know, what's the commentary being made here about like. I mean, the commentary is not exactly subtle, but like the final song that closes is the same one as when Neo flies off at the end of the first one, except instead of just being Rage Against the Machine, it's a cover with a female singer instead of a male singer. So that's... I did... Oh, I did catch that. I didn't like say that out loud, but you're right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting they didn't use the original and they just decided to go with the cover instead, so... Well, but, you know, there's that's that's a big thing with this. Both the Wachowskis have transitioned from men to women. They had uh, Trinity take over as being the one instead of Neo, you know, male to female singers. It's it's Mm a not subtle theme. So (laughs) another uh, person that I liked in the cast that we haven't talked about too much is Neil Patrick Harris. I thought in the previews that he wasn't going to be in this movie very much. I thought Mm -hmm. that he was just going to maybe have like a cameo appearance because the trailers kind of set it up like he was the therapist and maybe that him and Keanu would have like two, maybe three scenes together, but he's really a bigger part of this movie. And I thought he had a pretty solid performance overall. Somebody that's like coming into the franchise that was new that hasn't been in any of these movies before. So I love that we are all feeling very differently about this because he I didn't (laughs) like him very much. It was more that I didn't like his acting. I don't think that was Neil Patrick Harris not doing a good job acting. I feel like to me that character was kind of like an evil genius that's like rubbing his mustache kind of a thing. Um, But I thought Jonathan Groff was great at being confusing. I don't know that I would necessarily call him a villain, but a nemesis of sorts. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I felt differently about that. I I think I agree with you, Katie. I I liked... I kind of separate into when Neil Patrick Harris was acting as the therapist. Yes, I liked him before as that. he dropped that, mm-hmm. and then yes. after that point, I feel like that character was written. And I, I do think it's more the writing, maybe a combination of the writing and his acting choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a little too campy when he became the villain. That's and what Jonathan I Groff's version of that campiness of the villain, and I think this is a combination of how that villain was written and his acting. I felt like Jonathan Groff's campy villain vibe was a lot better taken and neil patrick harris's was a little more a little too silly i guess yeah we should probably move on to dislikes here in a minute do either of you have any other likes that you wanted to mention real quick before we do that yeah i i have one that i feel like is to me kind of important for the movie overall i really liked what they did to bring back the whole why is anything still going on at all kind of thing because Mm. the end of the third movie Neo goes to the machine city and makes peace with them and he dies, but he struck a deal with them. And they explain this as the machines did try to follow through on this and there was peace, but there was division within the machines, which, you know, if they're real artificial intelligence, like they're apparently supposed to be, that wouldn't be surprising at all. And so I think it, it makes me want to see more or read more if there's any books out there that are part of the universe or something like that to just see this whole story of the 
I don't know if there was like a civil war equivalent within the machines of how there was a time of peace and how some of the machines didn't agree with that. And that's how Neil Patrick Harris's character came up and tried to reinstate the matrix and bring Neo and Trinity back into it. So I really liked how they, they gave their reason for the sequel. They didn't just say, ah, well it just, the machines reneged on their deal. And yeah. They were still going back to that. They explained so it more. That good. Mm-hmm. That's a really yeah. good call yep. out. So, That's why we needed you for this episode. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so moving on to dislikes now, I think this is on. This was one of your dislikes that you had too, Katie. But I mm-hmm. think this was my biggest thing is that it's really hard to follow if you haven't recently watched the first movie. And I haven't. I did not watch the first one. I've seen the first one, but I did not watch the first one again before I watched this. And I think that was probably my biggest problem is that I got sort of confused and then once I was in that confused state it's like I didn't really care much about what was happening anymore because it was like an hour in or whatever and I was kind of lost that I was like well I'm gonna watch the rest of this but I don't I don't fully understand what's going on because I think I just needed to watch the first one before watching this one just because there's been such a long time gap that I forget some of the things that happened in the first one that are referenced in this in this movie That's exactly how I felt. I watched the first one earlier this week because I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And I I was kind of concerned about missing the second and third ones, but I've heard that you don't really have to watch them. And I I just didn't think it was going to be worth my time. But I'm so glad I watched the first one because I think I would have missed a lot of things with this one if I hadn't just rewatched it. And I also think it made me appreciate this newer one a little bit more because of some of the nostalgic throwbacks they did a good job with. Yeah, it's. I think it's fine for sequels to uh, require that you've seen the movies before them, before mm-hmm. you see them. But there is a line where there's just so much reliance on what's going on. Yes. And I think this was a little bit over that to where it would be really hard to understand what they're talking about when they talk about the machines making peace or whatever. Yep. Well, and like the new the new Avatar movie is supposed to come out this year. And we'll see if it does. But like it's been 10 years since that or 11 years since that first one came out. So it'll be interesting to see like if that if people's criticisms of that kind of have the same problems as this, where it's like it's been so long between the sequels, people forget kind of what happened in the original just because they haven't watched it in so long. So yeah, um, another dislike that we had is um, it's it's very like self-reverential. It's very meta. It likes to yeah. really like explain itself and kind of tell you like why it's doing certain things, and it thinks kind of highly of itself at times like the movie as a whole so that was another dislike is that it does get like very meta and there's a lot of scenes in this which are like exposition scenes dialogue scenes of people just explaining stuff to each other yeah i I think that's a fair criticism i do think a lot of the um fan service call outs and meta jokes were done well but some of the parts that were just there were some scenes where they were explaining stuff and it did feel like it was taking itself a little too seriously. Yeah, I think really my only main criticism of the film was that it was too long. And the reason I think it's too long, my main problem was that they kept explaining everything by explaining itself. Like they just kept going with callbacks or like, I'm going to explain this to you because the audience is too dumb to figure this out themselves. And that bothered me a lot. But there were, I mean, some of the stuff that was made complicated was stuff that I think could have been cut out plot wise and not taken away from the whole story. And then you could have saved time. Like a lot of the, when they were rescuing Trinity from her pod, the stuff about, oh, Bugs has a similar 
mental wavelength or whatever so we can plug her in at the same time and blah 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 if that hadn't been in there they could have still rescued trinity and yes. everything it, it, maybe a little of the stakes for like bugs personally wouldn't have been there but they didn't really need to be there and it made it more complicated so they had more scenes to shoot and then they had to also add in scenes where they explained what's going on so yes. it added a lot of length to it really good point because yeah to me this just felt really long yeah, but the yep. first, I mean, the first hour and a half I was in, I cared, I loved it, I was interested, and then it just slowed right on down for me. So one other, like, final dislike that I had was I just thought that the action sequences in this weren't particularly great. Um, the original has such cool action sequences, and obviously, like, the bullet time thing and all of that stuff that's happening, and it's just so cool because you've never seen that before done in a movie. And you have Keanu in this, who obviously is in the John Wick franchise, which like the strength of that franchise is its action sequences. And people talk a lot about how cool the action is in in those movies. And in this one, something was just lacking from like the action scenes and the big set pieces. I just felt like they weren't as cool as the original. And that's kind of disappointing considering it's been so long since the original that so much, there's been so many more movies made and so many advancements and like CGI and and action sequences and stuff like that, that I just felt, I just felt like they didn't have, I didn't, I guess I didn't really care as much about the characters involved in them. And it just mm-hmm. seemed like the action as a whole was just kind of boring. Yeah. And, and similar to something you said earlier, I think the action sequences that happened earlier were better than the ones that happened later. A lot of, you know, there's the whole scene toward the end where Neo and Trinity are running around on the roof and he's stopping bullets from the helicopter gunships that yeah. are shooting at them. But that's not, a fight scene it's a cool effect of him stopping bullets but that's all it is he's just running and yeah good point but the fight scenes earlier that did a lot of really good callbacks that i really liked where they recreated the scene between neo and smith in the subway station and they would have small differences in there that would indicate something different like neo's learned something new or 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 i'm sorry it wasn't it was recreating the scene with Smith, but now it was with Neil Patrick Harris mm-hmm. um, and showing that he had new tricks. And, and that those fight scenes were great, and I wish they had more of them. Yep. And I did one thing that really, I don't know if it bugged me, but they had a line early on. And they did a lot of good movie things like this where they set something up and then give you a payoff later. Uh-huh. But they have a, a line where I think it's when they're debating what to put in the new game. And they say something about needing a new bullet time which bullet time was the original thing introduced in the first matrix where they would have the camera, all the cameras set up in a circle and uh-huh. go around really fast. And immediately after that, they're on the train and they do the perspective trick where they go through the mirror. That's too small. To yeah. Go oh yeah. 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 I remember this. And I thought that was going to be the new thing because there are a lot of really weird, there are some video game concepts that do this where they mess with your perspective where like something looks really big because it's close to you mm-hmm. and then you pick it up and move it somewhere else and it stays that same size and they do weird perspective tricks. And I thought that would be a really mind warping thing to put in the movie and they only just they jumped through the mirror that one time and then it was never seen again and i think their new bullet time was supposed to be when neil patrick harris started just stopping time and that was okay it just wasn't as cool as bullet time i felt like yeah i don't know yeah so i also felt like that final 
that final sequence of them jumping off the building, it was like very evident, like when the parachute, like they want to do that stunt themselves, I think was like a big thing with this movie and Keanu yeah. does a lot of his own stunts anyway, but it was like yep. very evident, like when the parachute was pulled and they were just kind of like floating there they in the sky. Like they were hanging from wires. Yeah. yeah yep. And they were like, how are you doing this? And it was like, it just wasn't edited very well. And then like, they obviously just like CGI'd out the wires or the whatever they were using there. But I just felt that yep. that could have been a little smoother too, especially for like the very last big action shot of the movie. So, yeah. Okay. Well yeah. now we'll uh, move on to our grades for this particular movie. So who wants to go first? I mean, I know what I'm giving it. Do you okay. feel, do you want me to go first? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll go okay. first. Okay. You I go first. I like Sean's... giving numerical scores on things Sean, like this. Sean, that's how I, it works on I the podcast. Like, yeah, there's so many parts to this that, you know, oh putting all down to one number, I feel like just doesn't count. If you everything. feel conflicted later on in life, you can tell us. We Jared and I both changed our score. What was the movie that we were like? Oh, oh in the we Heights. We changed something. Yeah. In the Heights. Because yeah, we, we the more time went bit, on, the more yeah. I was like, the less I liked this movie. Yeah. So was, you can okay, so you can come back anytime. I, okay. I didn't expect this to be the level of the first Matrix. Yeah. And because of that, it didn't disappoint me. It wasn't ah. great either, but I thought it was fine, and, and there were a lot of things to like about it. So you know, better than mediocre, but not particularly great. So I yeah. don't know. Mid mid seventy. That's where I'm 70s, going. Like okay. 70, okay. I'm gonna give it seventy six. <gasps> oh, excellent. Okay. We're very close to each other then. Okay, Sean's doing so. a 76. Thank you, sir. I am going to go, Jared, 74. I thought this movie, I did think it was fine, but I think that's not necessarily a good thing. But I also, I think Sean articulated it beautifully. I didn't have high expectations for it, so I wasn't disappointed. I mainly just thought it was too long and kind of annoying at the end. And some of the acting I just wasn't into. But I, I do think this was similar to Spider-Man, which I won't give any spoilers, but we just talked about Spider-Man No Way Home. I feel like there were a lot of similarities and it gave the people what they wanted kind of a thing. But I don't think they should make another Matrix. So 74 for me. I'm going to go a little bit lower and I'm going to give it a 62. Um, I enjoyed it. I just think maybe if I rewatched the first one first as well, like you did, Katie. And Sean, obviously, uh-huh. you're really familiar with these movies. So maybe if I had done that, my score might be a little higher. But as somebody that has watched the first one but not for so long, it was kind of confusing to me. And, and I thought it was just kind of too long and some other stuff that I mentioned. So, again, not an awful movie by any means, not like a horrible movie. But I just didn't right. I didn't love it. So 62 for me for this. So Great pretty solid did you sean did you have anything else i didn't want to no i'm just thinking you know my final kind of takeaways or i if i watch it again maybe the action sequences that did happen that i liked will stick out a little more and that might make me want to improve it a little bit bump Mm -hmm. it up a couple points but i think it'll always be a sticking point to me that it felt like in the end as much as love stories matter or whatever they're beautiful the fact that the stakes in this really in the end kind of amount to oh trinity and neo that that will always kind of detract from it for me a little bit. <gasps> but I mean, maybe I'll. I I, I do think. Oh my I need gosh! To watch how it dare again. you? No, because I mean, their love story apparently matters to everyone. In it the does. Place, so. yeah. <laughs> okay. And another, I I don't want to take up too much time. But another thing was, um, I really like you know the the. Um, there was conflict within the machines about how they would have peace with people and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And they touched on this idea of, you know, it's taking the blue pill has been an option in the past. It was an option in the first movie. Yes. And they mentioned in this, like, 
maybe that should be an option for people. You know, maybe people do want to stay in the matrix yeah. and those people can be batteries for the machines or whatever if they want to. Yeah. Uh, and they mentioned that, but they didn't really explore it. And I think that's an interesting idea, especially considering we've seen people uh, tweet out recently, like, you're telling me the matrix just takes place back in 1999 and you can just live in 1999 and chill <laughs> and everything's cool. Like, who wouldn't take the blue pill? And That's uh, a fair, that's a fair I point. it's a fair point. So I wish they would have explored that idea a little more. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's all I have to say. (laughs) That's uh, all of our thoughts on The Matrix Resurrections. You can follow the show on social media at Podcast Silver, on Twitter and Instagram. Just search The Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook. Wherever you listen to the show, be sure to rate and review. That really helps us out. Sean, thanks so much for coming on once again. You're our first uh, repeat guest. So... All right. Ooh. Thank you for having me. (laughs) We might do more guest stars. We're just going to see how it goes. But we love having you. See if this is the second most listened episode after yeah. the Big Lebowski episode. There we go. So, yes. But and thank then you our for next... being here. And our first episode, technically, of 2022. Yes. So, and our next episode, we'll be reviewing Don't Look Up, the new Adam McKay movie on Netflix. You know, we had Sean on this episode. Maybe we can get, like, Leo on the next episode to talk about oh, his performance. Yeah. Or Timmy. So, yeah, or J-Law. So... <laughs> You know, maybe maybe one of them will. Oh, Katie's face when I said Jennifer Lawrence was not a pleasing one. So I don't. No, I don't want. Her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay. Well, we'll talk about that next week on the show. The new Netflix movie, Don't Look Up. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy. 